Okay. <laughs> I'm about as ready as I'm gonna possibly be. Yeah. Well. I keep reminding myself that this is something I want. I'm choosing this. I'm, right. I don't have to do this to save my life. I don't have to do this because I'm sick. I don't have to go through this because it's a detriment to my health of any kind. This is just something that I really, really want. It's fixing something, but it's still elective. Yeah. And it's a gift. Yeah. Oh, and I absolutely. just keep reminding myself I'm doing this voluntarily. Like, this is not something I what have to do. What you're getting is prosthetic nerves. Yeah. That's, that's what you're getting. You're getting 22 electrodes, which act as prosthetic nerves to stimulate hearing. Right. That's the thing I keep reminding myself is that um, this team is, like, Dr. Liu is very, very, very well respected and uh, has an excellent reputation not just reputation, track record. <laughs> so, how often do my insides turn to liquid like this? Oh man! So how many trips <laughs> to the bathroom have you had today? Holy cow! I've had the same thing though. <clears throat> like, Excuse me. You you go to the bathroom, and then you you know wash your hands, have a glass of water. Five minutes later, man, I have to pee. Like yeah. it's just the stress, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so what's going through your head? What are you actually like? thinking or are you able to think just the, the kinds of things I've just been talking about just to, in order to calm myself down I just remind myself oh you you want this this is something you really want desperately so you just have to get through a couple days of well maybe more than a couple but some days of discomfort pain whatever you want to call it yeah well you've done that mountain biking I've done you, that you way. mountain biking and you've <laughs> suffered more than a few days of pain from mountain biking too. Yeah. I did think of that this morning. It is a, it is totally different, but... Well, it is. I mean, it's not like you crash and then enjoy mountain biking. <laughs> but, but what I mean is um, you, you, you know that you can do it because you've been through some other stuff that's pretty difficult also. And it's like, you know... I, I'm guessing, I'll tell you later if I was right or not, but I'm guessing that the most, actually the most difficult part is your brain, getting your brain under control the days before surgery. Seriously. Because like, I, I had numerous hot baths just to calm down. Mm -hmm. And you know, I didn't think I was nervous or worried or scared of the surgery, but my body's telling me that that's not true. <laughs> well, whatever your you know. conscious mind is doing, your unconscious is is thrilled to possibly be getting your hearing back. I mean, that's, it, it's, that's it's the bottom the, line. Like my, I, every morning lately, like the last number of days, the, the moment I wake up and my eyes aren't even open and my heart is just pounding. Yeah. And so that's a fight or flight thing, right? That's So that's why I just keep reminding myself, look, you're, you're not threatened here. This is something that you're choosing to do, and it's gonna pay off. This day will be locked in my memory. Just so that, the end. It's a nice day, too. It's, yeah, it's Ten warm, balmy. It's mild, like what the heck, yeah. in November? No, it's, it doesn't remind me of anything, because nothing like this has ever happened before right. to me. I, I did think in the tub this morning, you're getting your rockin' new hearing aid inserted today. 
Like you, it, that's what it is. It's a tool for hearing. Mm-hmm. It's a jacked up, super amazing technological advancement that I get to benefit from, and I get that today. I'm, I'm, I won't benefit from it today, just right away, but suddenly the six weeks to activation seem uh, a little shorter. They seem yeah. they seem like, no, I can do that. Yeah. Where in the past few months, it's like, oh, six weeks, six weeks, why do I have to wait six weeks? Yeah. And I was so impatient. And Well, you've been waiting longer, uh, or maybe not, for the surgery, since the surgery date, maybe not. It was October, whatever that was. No, about, about the same. No, it was, yeah. Okay, about six weeks ago that we found out. It was when we were in Toronto. See, the nerdy side of me is... is... Okay. Most of me is really super excited for your hearing. Like, it's the only time in my life where the technology is interesting and amazing, but really, what are the results? Like, I don't care that much about the technology that I'm more... You know, I'm, I'm so much more interested in the outcome. Yeah. But that said, this is as state-of-the-art, high-tech as you could possibly get. It has to be installed. You carry it with you for the rest of your life. I mean, it, it is just this, this remarkable opportunity. And, and I feel a great responsibility to uh, let people know. I mean, I think what it's really doing, the whole exercise and the podcast and everything, it's really... Um, forced me to exercise my understanding consciously of living with hearing impaired. Oh, yeah. Because it's not normally conscious. You don't get really frustrated most of the time because I know how to talk. You're used to my patterns and words. But uh, this whole exercise has become very much... Um, well, it re- to me, what has happened is, especially the, the couple of weeks that I spent really face down in textbooks learning about the cochlea and the mechanisms and how it works, and the fact that the energy transfers are sugar-based, not salt-based, like most of the city, and so diabetes affects the inner ear and blood affects the inner ear because of the small capillaries. And I mean, it, it is just endlessly amazing, and what I find so shocking is how people abuse their hearing. Yeah. Like I've always been, because I work in studios, I always have been aware of my hearing. When yeah. I went to school, we had a hearing test because if you're going to work in production, you need to be able to hear. So we test that. This is a totally, like, now it's, your hearing is so precious. And your being able to hear is so precious to me that I can't imagine what it means for you. Like, I get for Clem- I'm getting for Clemp now, thinking about it. Like what it means to me. I'm upset and yeah. excited and happy. Yeah. And I can't contain it. And you're just, you know, you're the one on the rocket sled. <laughs> I'm just taking pictures and holding up no a microphone. No kidding. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a crazy, crazy day. But that's a little bit about. That's a little bit of what we spoke about last night. Which Thank is you for the tissue, by the way. <laughs> no one can see it, so I have to explain that, yes, I'm weeping like a girl. Tissue time. Yeah, yeah last night when we were talking and, I, and, and you mentioned my Facebook post and it was like, yeah, my old friend, my old friend hearing, I can't wait to experience that again. I can't wait to yeah. have that again. Like, And again, I'll say it again too. Just to, to be in a group of three or four people 
more than one person, talking to more than one person and being able to follow the conversation. I don't even have to participate or be able to hear every word, but just to be able to follow, just to know what we're talking about, that would be like so cool. I have had co-workers think that, you know, I don't want to be a team player or something like that because I will remove myself when, when my colleagues get together in a group. Because, okay, you guys are either chatting or talking about work right. stuff. I, I, you know, it's not that I don't want to work, but one person is going to have to tell me what I'm responsible for. Rather than assuming I know what's happening right. when three or four people are talking about, you know, setting up a reservation or whatever the case but is. But that's whatever. demanding for you because every time you need to tell people, I can't hear you, have the discussion, come on, no. no. Like, well, it, that's, it that's my like, bad. That's my bad. I just oh. walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just be productive elsewhere. I do right. so. I find a, a task that I can do on my own. And that that's, um, you know, the workplace that I had sort of a little blip there and, and had issues with that. What I ended up doing was <clears throat> just writing an open letter to my colleagues and sort of apologizing and saying, this is why I behave that way sometimes and I need you to know that this is why. It's not because I don't like you, it's not because I don't want to hear what you have to say, I just can't. So it's uh, it's actually becomes a bit of a waste of time. But anyway, I, we're, we're approaching the hospital. Yeah, we're, we're, My stomach just lurched. We're just by the Glen Rose. Yeah. And now we're going to park in, just outside. Oh, five-hour parking. That's good. Yeah. And I don't have to move too much. Thank, you ready? Thanks. For, I'm ready. I've been doing cochlear implant for 12 years now. And uh, during that time, probably just under 600 implants. This well, 50 a year. About one a week. Um, so there used to be um, a surgeon, a resident, and uh, uh, anesthetist to put the patient to sleep. And then uh, there'd be the nursing staff, so usually either two or three nursing staff. So about a half dozen people. Uh, the surgery, I mean, depending on the patient's anatomy, anywhere from about one and a half hours to uh, just over two hours. First of all, the patient's put to sleep under general anesthetic. Um, and then the tube was put in for them to breathe during the operation. And then uh, we prep the surgical site. We shave a little hair behind the ear. And then we make a, uh, um, uh, a post-auricular incision that uh, runs from behind the ear up into the hairline a little bit. And then we uh, expose the uh, bone behind the ear, which is called the mastoid. Okay. And then uh, we open the mastoid bone, which is usually just a series of air cells that we open with a drill. And uh, that allows us to get exposure to the, uh, to the middle ear space. And then from there, we uh, find the opening to the cochlea, which is called the round window. Okay. And then, um, and then we make a little bed in the bone to uh, insert the implant into. And then we make a little, um, uh, little trough in the bone to bring the electrode into the mastoid cavity and then into the middle ear space. And then we'll make a little opening into the cochlea, usually through the round window, and then we'll insert the electrode, and then we'll close the incision. The, the outside of the mastoid is solid bone, right? We call that the cortex, but the inside of the mastoid is like a, it's like a honeycomb, right? It's a series of air cells. Okay. So we just follow those air cells inwards until uh, we encounter what 
the largest of the aerosols, which, which is called the antrum of the mastoid. And then once we have that exposure, then uh, we find the big nerve inside the bone called the facial nerve. And then just adjacent to that nerve, there's a little space called the facial recess, which uh, we then open with a drill that allows us to connect the mastoid to the middle ear space. And then behind that is where we're going to find the round window and the opening to the cochlea. Well, we have a microscope, you know, so the microscope uh, allows us to magnify the field of view anywhere from 10 to 20 times its normal size. So the common risks are a very small risk from the anesthetic itself, okay. Um, there's a small risk of bleeding either during the surgery or after the surgery, but uh, major bleeding in cochlear implant surgery is extremely rare. Uh, there's a risk of infection from the surgery itself. There's a risk of infection developing later on, but uh, again, that's quite uncommon. Um, but uh, we ask everybody to get vaccinations for meningitis just to prevent that as a catastrophic infection that somebody might get after these operations. Um, and then the other nerves or the other risks have to have to do with the sort of nerve function, such as your balance. Okay, so sometimes people feel a little bit off balance or dizzy after the surgery. Major vertigo is quite uncommon, but sometimes people can have some balance issues. Sometimes people experience some tinnitus or noise or ringing in the ear after surgery. Okay, uh, usually that's temporary and by the time the implant gets turned on, that usually uh, usually resolves. And then there's, uh, there's two other nerves inside the ear. One is the big nerve, like I mentioned, called the facial nerve, the big nerve that moves your face on that side. Uh, if that nerve were, say, damaged by the drill during the surgery, you can have a facial weakness or like a Bell's palsy after surgery. Extremely, extremely unlikely and uncommon in this kind of operation, but, uh, but there's a small risk of that. And then there's a smaller nerve called the quarter tympani nerve, which gives some taste to your tongue on that side, okay? And uh, sometimes when we do these operations, to, in order to get access, we have to um, basically drill uh, around that nerve. And sometimes people can actually get a little bit of numbness in their tongue or a little bit of a funny taste in their mouth afterwards, almost like they're tasting tin or metal afterwards. Um, usually if you have that, it's just temporary and goes away uh, after a few weeks. So that's the first step is we want to know what the anatomy looks like and whether you have a normal normal uh, temporal bone, uh, normal uh, air cells in the mastoid, which is going to allow us to get access fairly easily. If you have a small mastoid or, uh, or the bone's not very well aerated, sometimes that presents a significant challenge. Um, but most of those cases are, are more in children than they are in adults. You know, So most adults who haven't had a lot of ear infections or, or are um, uh, otherwise um, uh, have no other syndromes or abnormalities like that uh, have usually have pretty normal uh, mastoid formation. Mostly looking at the CAT scan and just making sure that we're familiar with the with your anatomy in that area. And then otherwise, you know, as long as your anatomy is pretty normal, the surgery is generally fairly routine, you know, and having done a lot of these, we're pretty, we're pretty, um, um, used to what the steps to, to do this operation and we usually don't have too too many surprises during the operation. What's your favorite part of doing this kind of surgery? I think probably seeing how people respond afterwards and seeing their uh, their you know their change in their life from 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 getting a cochlear implant because it is a life-changing uh, life-changing event for sure.